Welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information on this podcast or how to get connected, go to BethelCleveland.com. Turn with me if you can to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. We're in a flourish series that's going to last this entire year. Hard to believe we've been in it two months. I've got, uh, I showed uh, the executive staff the other day, I showed uh, my notes uh, for the rest of the year. I have 181 notes on Flourish. I mean, there's so, it's flourishing. (laughs) The information is just flourishing. The revelation is flourishing. And by the way, just a little side note here, as we were moving in worship, this is, uh, Sunday in a midst is practice in corporate worship. We are exploring, this is like Raiders of the Lost Ark. We're going after the lost ark. We're going after Jesus himself. And, and uh, sometimes we're pretty good at it. Sometimes we're not so good at it. Sometimes we see things. Sometimes we miss it. But I just want to say today, I really appreciate uh, Erica leading today. Uh, Jay was supposed to. He got laryngitis. Erica stepped up. Erica's got a great sensitivity to what the Spirit is doing and how to dovetail into Oh, dovetail into that. That really makes spiritual sense. Doesn't it? Dovetail into that so that it it creates an environment for the Spirit to just minister to us and for us to just move and worship and praise. I don't know if you felt the moment. Do you feel that moment where it's, I mean, it's it's not hype. It's not like, come on, everyone, lift your voice. We don't do that typically. I do that sometimes. But but anyway, it's because I'm excited. But anyway, uh, we feel that rise happening. Do you feel that? It's like, it's a rise. And when, it, when that rise happens, that's when you, you really push in in that moment. And we did. You just really lean into it. You just thank the Lord. You have gratitude for the Lord. And at the same time, how many of you know this is not a dichotomy? These are not opposing interests here in the room. There's only one interest here. It's the pursuit of the Lord Jesus Christ and his ministry to the saints that comes off of that pursuit. So as you pursue the Lord, this is not a combating thing. We can do, we could chew gum in the midst of it. Oh, don't do that because it might get on the seats or something. But anyway, we could do that. We could walk and chew gum at the same time. We can minister to people while others are worshiping. It's just what happens in the presence of the Lord. When the Lord comes, he begins to heal people. And we don't want to forget those people. We want to pray for them. But we understand others are kind of holding up the tabernacle in their praise while people are being ministered to. And I tell you, we're going to insert some other things in there in the days ahead. We're going to, we're going to see how, how, uh, how focused you can be on the Lord. I mean, I, I came really close to doing something different today uh, during that time. And I, I just, I, oh, you know, I was going back and forth with the Lord on it, you know. And I, I said, no, no, not right now. We'll, we'll do it. I, I, uh, I, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do because we, we, may, we may do it in future Sundays. But we've got a great fresh-baked loaf of challah bread here up front that Jay brought, Jay made. Jay's learning how to do challah bread. He's becoming an expert on it. And he may need to make many, 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 many loaves of that in the days ahead. But I was just going to walk down the aisle and say, is anyone hungry? I mean, it's the bread of his presence. And so the days ahead, we may do that. And don't, don't freak out like, well, wait, wait. People are worshiping. This is not respectful to do this. No, no, no. It's got one focus. Everything has one focus to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. If we corporately can enter into the presence of God, that's why sermons are not an interruption. I mean, the word is powerful. Do you know the word is your best chance of personal revival? It is. I mean, it's, if you delight in it, according to Psalm 1, and you meditate on it, you're gonna flourish. 
Your life is gonna be totally different. And so you say, well, I didn't get a chance to go to Asbury. I never went to Toronto. I wasn't in the Jesus movement. I get nothing. You have the word of God. You get in the word of God, you, begin to, you, you will get in the word so much, you will study the cover off of it. Uh, and uh, you get in the word of God and you begin to read it and it is profound. It will stir your intellect, which is not bad. Some of our intellects need to be stirred. But then it drops, what is it, the 11-inch journey? Is that what it is? 19-inch journey? 18-inch journey, okay, I know. 18-inch journey from your head to your heart. It gets to your heart. Some, maybe it's shorter, I don't know, but heart, get to your heart. And you, it starts dropping down from just reading and cognitive understanding into something that is, that is so much better. It's not even emotive. I mean, it has emotive aspects. It has kinetic aspects to it. But it's something that transforms your soul. Your soul needs to be transformed by the power of the presence and word of God. Jesus said that there would be a day when those who worship in spirit and in truth, the truth is the word, the word of God and the spirit will link together in your heart, not combating, but in unison, like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when that happens, you begin to flourish. You begin to, you know what? I've, I've been preaching this for years, but it shifts the, the uh, foundations of who you are. You will not question your gender anymore after reading scripture. You'll not question who you are in Christ when you read the word of God. It starts a personal revival in you. And we want that for everybody here. I want it for me. I'm a little selfish in that. I mean, I want, I want a personal reviving. I want to be able to drink out of a spring of water every day. You know, that we live daily by the bread. Give us this day, our daily bread I mean, the bread is the word of God. You eat the bread of God. It goes into your mouth, as it says in scripture, and it, it turns into something inside your very soul that's either bitter or sweet, and you can feel it, understand it, and know it's either bitter in the mouth, sweet in the stomach, sweet in the mouth, bitter in the stomach. I mean, this, you get this combination of scripture that's, that's actually working, and it even says in Hebrews that that word that you, sow, that you sow in your heart by reading and studying will actually divide the very core aspects of who you are and separate it out, the good from the bad, to the very marrow of your bones. I mean, that's pretty powerful. You want a new, a new do, a new overdo, a new you? Get into the Word of God. It's gonna change your life. It's gonna empower you in a strong way. But when we get together corporately, there's something about the corporate moving of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting in Genesis 1 where it says, and the Spirit of the Lord, we sing this, the Spirit was, how's it go, moving over the waters? Spirit come move over us? How's the first part of it go? Did I do it right? Spirit is moving over the waters. Spirit come move over us. It's one of my favorite songs. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. The water typically in Scripture speaks to peop about people. It's, it's, the, it's the world. I mean, think about the whole world, all eight billion people. And the Spirit comes down and broods upon the water. What that happens is when the Spirit starts brooding over the waters, which is what's happening right now, in colleges and universities across this nation, in churches across this nation, we've all heard of some of those popping up everywhere. It's moving in our midst right now, right here in Cleveland.
various churches. They, you know, in charismatic circles, we think the spirit has moved if no one preaches. That's kind of the way we define it. Well, no one preached that day. <laughs> well, I want you to know that the word of God preached is powerful also and transforms hearts. And I understand the, the understanding of that. It kind of, what it's saying is it kind of breaks our tradition of how we do church. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with order. There's nothing wrong with, with traditions as long as they don't combat against the word of God. But it is fun sometimes when the Lord just comes in and interrupts. Well, he's interrupting a lot of services right now. He's coming in because we prayed these prayers. We sang these songs. Somehow it reached a point where God said, that's it, I can't take any longer. Go down and touch those people. <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly how it happens, but it's how it happened in Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 10, there was a guy who was, who was technically not even a follower of Jesus. He was mimicking the Jews. His name was Cornelius. And it says that his prayers, let me see if I can remember this. this is, none of this is a part of my sermon, so uh, maybe this is my sermon. But the, uh, in Acts 10, it says that he, he, was, he gave himself to uh, prayer and alms, the giving of alms to the poor. Because that's what he saw the Jews doing. He was a mimicker of the Jews. And so in doing that, just that little sacrifice from a guy who, who was a part of the enemy army, the Romans, over 100 men. This guy's a lieutenant. I mean, he is, he is powerful. He's over a, a, a hundred soldiers, centurion, 100 soldiers. He's got command. He's got authority. People know him in the community, but he is seeking for something that's greater than what he has on this side of heaven. He sees the Jews, he sees them being blessed, even in the midst of, of overlords that were, that were consuming them. Even in the midst of that, like we see in China right now with, with such a uh, tyrannical form of government that tries to mimic democracy, but in, the, in a sense it all boils down to one person, one man speaking out. And the maneuvers that are going on around the world right now, in that moment, I want to tell you, there's one of the fastest growing churches in the world. Well, that should have got some attention there. I mean, that's pretty good. In the midst of difficulty, in the midst of overlords, it's a picture of the early church in the New Testament. They flourished, they grew even in times of difficulty. This is what God wants for you. I was watching Graham Cook yesterday on a on some short little five-minute videos that he has on his website. If you've never heard Graham Cook and you're saying, I don't know, I don't know who this guy is, uh, I, I, I'm shocked you don't know who he is, but uh, he's one of the most profound insights in closeness to the Lord of anyone I've known, maybe outside of Bob Jones. Really, I mean, he is, it's amazing. His, and he will teach you during this conference. He will teach you on it. He'll be here that Sunday morning also. Uh, teaching, but he will teach you, and you you will you will you will get a glimpse. I don't know if you've ever thought you knew something about a topic. Any of you ever been in that place where you like, I get it, I got it, I know it, you know? All right, don't tell me anymore. And then someone comes in and and says something to you, like like even out of personal experience, they're not as educated as you are. Like like you know, you can talk to somebody who knows everything about Italy or Australia. Let's say Australia. Everything about Australia, they may, be, they may have a PhD in Australia in history and geography and know all about it, but if they haven't been there, they're lacking. 
A 12-year-old just getting off the plane from Australia is exuberant and excited after they recover from the 19-hour flight. They're exuberant and excited about what we, we saw, kangaroos. Yeah, well, we can see them here in the zoo. No, they were running wild, out in the wild. It was amazing over there. The mountains like plucked up out of the, the central, the Uluru, and, and the middle of the, the country, and, and the beautiful cities, and the, the, the starkness of the desert that's called Australia, which, by the way, its original name, the original name of Australia was the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. And so you get someone who has the experience, they trump the PhD. They really do. Knowledge is great. Knowledge is good. You need to have knowledge. But boy, the knowledge of God, which is experientially finding the presence of God in a place and a company of other believers, and also in the word of God, in the time of worship, in nature. The Bible says his divine attributes are shown to us through nature in Romans chapter one. I mean, you begin to be a uh, fixated on the divine presence that appears to you everywhere you go. You see him in other people. I just talked to someone before the service who just got back from, uh, I'm very envious of her and I need to repent after the service. If we have communion, I'll definitely repent before then. But she was in Israel on a trip with Georgian Banoff and Brian Simmons. That sounds like a dream trip to me. If you like the Holy Spirit, and you like the word of God and learning and knowing and understanding. And she just said, oh, we, we worked among Palestinians and just the, we met Christians are so blessed. And she's going on and on. She goes, you know, they're, they're seen as the enemy over there, but there's a lot of them that are believers just like there is in Israel. And, and it kind of confuses you when you realize the kingdom of God goes everywhere. It crosses all of our boundaries. It crosses all of our judgments, all of our racism, all of our whatever it is that we have bigotry and everything else that are in our lives. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it transforms you and it transforms you for a reason. All right. I just found my way. Let's go to Matthew chapter five. Matthew chapter five, verse 14. Uh, verse 14 says this, you, this is Jesus speaking, you are the light of the world. Now we're doing this flourish thing. Obviously we've got a plan. We're marching through it. But these two weeks, now next week, I'm, I'm focusing on why it's so important to be transformed yourself in order to transform others. You don't have to be completely transformed. You're never gonna, you, let me just say right now, Perfection is not a qualification in this church. <laughs> if it was, I wouldn't be speaking right now. <laughs> it's not a qualification. But the pursuit of the holiness of God, that's what we long for, every one of us. Because in that, as you're studying the word, as you soak in the presence of God, Heidi Baker herself says it's soak and go. Soak and go. But as it begins to transform you, we're gonna see opportunities. Cindy, my wife, she just told me yesterday she was in, uh, uh, I think, Heinen's. She was in Heinen's shopping for something, from salmon. And some guy started chatting with her and said, oh, do you like that kind of salmon? Why, you know, and, she's, and so Cindy's on a, like a health journey right now, and I am too. And, and so she gave her spiel to him, you know, on the health journey, that why she's picking that salmon and not the other salmon, you know. And uh, the guy was very fascinated by it, asked her questions, you know, and, and I asked how old he was, by the way. I just always check that out with her, like, 
talking to guys in a grocery store. I don't know, you know, about that. But anyway, she's a beautiful woman. I have to keep an eye on her all the time, all the time uh, for 44 years now. It's just been so, so, it wears you out, you know. But anyway, um, I mean, we're in Italy and all the old guys are yelling at her, Bella, Bella. And I'm like, hey, shut up. I'm with her. Can you go? I just didn't know how to say Italian, shut up. But anyway, so <laughs> you're the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hidden. So Cindy understood that. She's in a grocery store talking to this guy about natural things, losing weight, stuff like that, you know, clean and lean, blah, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, and, and then uh, he said, well, you know, this is a great conversation. Can I just, I just want to thank you. And he reached out his hand to shake her hand, which is kind of extraordinary nowadays. Everybody's afraid to shake hands, but shook, shook her hand. And he started to turn. She said, wait a minute. You know, there's something else, sir. Are you a follower of Jesus? And then she went into it, man. She began to preach the gospel to this man. He was just looking for some salmon. <laughs> Cindy was looking for some fish. <laughs> she is the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. I love this verse. It is so brilliant. It is so Jesus. I love how Jesus speaks in mysteries that even the people that are with him do not understand what he's saying, which means his words can be unpacked for thousands of years. And so when I read this, I realize he's talking about fluidity. He's talking about fixation. He's talking about the light, light, which is something that it's luminous, it's it's, you know, it's, it's tangible, but it's, you know, you, you can't touch or hold the light. It's there, you know. Uh, uh, it's, it's just that effect. It's the fragrance. It's the understanding. It's the appearance. It's the brightness of the room. It says, you're the light of the world. But there's another part of it. He says, a city is set on a hill cannot be hidden. And look at verse 15. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. This is so important for what I'm sharing today in the next few minutes and, and next week. The lampstand is, is something to hold the light. That God's given you light. You are the light. Turn to one another and say, hey, you're the light. <laughs> Some of you, the switch is broken. Turn it on. Turn it on. You're the light. You're the light of the world. You're not the light of just your family. You're the light of the world. There's a call that goes with this light. There's not two different groups in the church. I'm just kind of, I'm the intercession person. I'm supporting the troops out there. No, you're a troop too. Go intercede in the streets. Go intercede for people in the streets. You can't just say, well, I, you know, I, I count the offering in the background. That's kind of my contribution. Oh, God bless you. I thank, I thank God that you do that. We need people to do various things in the church, worship bands, greeting people at the door, outreaches, mission trips, all those kinds of things. But this is not a dichotomy. It's not things fighting against one another. This is something of a harmony. Right. A harmony is when a choir gets up and they've got different voices. And hopefully in a choir, because it can be publicly, you want them to be pretty decent voices, you know. Uh, when we used to gather, you know, about two years ago, we were three years ago, we were, I was gathering people spontaneously in a choir up front every Sunday. Some of you might not remember that, but I did it for a while. I just said, look, if someone has told you that you have a good voice and you've sung with other people somewhere, I invite you to come forward. I was just kind of, you know, getting, I wanted, I wanted to sound decent. I know Joseph's here and I wanted it to be good. He's an opera singer. So, you know, we want it to be of highest quality possible. It's not perfect, but hey, it's good. They're using their gift. 
You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get someone to count money who just got out of prison for stealing money. I mean, there's, there's limits. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good comparison or not, but anyway, you get what I'm saying. Okay, so, so nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, there's a structure that comes with the light. And I'm telling you right now, when the Spirit is moving over the waters, Spirit come move over us, come rest on us. He is resting on the nations of the world right now. Right now, that should stir your heart. He's resting on the nations of the world right now. And right now, we well, where's this going? What's it going to be like? What, what's, the, what, what's this spirit? It's going to be a shining light. The light is about to increase in the nation of America. You're about to run into people at a grocery store that start attempting to lead you to the Lord. Let me just say around this room, how many of you in the past year have had someone, even though you're a believer and everything else, someone somewhere approach you and try to win you to Jesus Christ? Raise your hand around the room. Okay, raise your hand. Got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight people out of this room. Isn't that amazing? The day's gonna come, I'll ask that question and everyone in the room will go, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Yesterday. I don't even know this person. I'm not sure I like them. But they came and they spoke and they declared Christ to me and they brought it in. I felt the presence and power of God and I felt a shape and I actually got a friend out of it, you know. Those are gonna be the testimonies in the days ahead because this that is happening on Sunday mornings in our midst, this rise of the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you where it's gonna go. It's gonna go to you having reformation in your life and that reformation is gonna spread out to this entire nation. <laughs> Did you know you need to be reformed? Transformed. Transformed. But it's a reforming of what God made you to be. He's, he's, you've been created in the image of God, now filled with the Holy Spirit. The fullest capacity, the fullest potential you can have comes through the Holy Spirit coming upon you. Jesus said, it's better that I leave and it's the Holy, that he who comes will come and he will empower you. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. In other words, our communication, out of the very soul, out of the very core of who we are, our communication will become enlivened. It will become uh, uh, animated. Where you speak over people and they come to life, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, quickening mortal bodies all around you. It's the prophecy of Ezekiel. Man, am I preaching to the wrong group of people? You're pretty quiet today. <laughs> Ezekiel, Ezekiel, when, when, he, when the Lord said prophesy over them, he prophesied over a valley of dry bones. America is a valley of dry bones right now, but God is prophesying over this nation. When he did, those, those bones began to shake. And when they shook, they began to come together. They came together in an exceeding great army, but they were not alive. And he said, prophesy to the wind that life would come into them. I love that because Jesus, one of almost his final things that he said with his disciples, not final, and you know, probably three quarters of the way through, but, but he, he looked at them and he, the Bible says he breathed upon them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. <sighs> Boom. Imagine being there. The breath of God. Jesus. The very God that hovered over the waters. You know what happens when the Spirit of God begins to hover over a nation? It takes you back to the garden. 
Takes you back to creation. God's in a creative mood. When the Spirit's hovering, the Spirit, my theory is the Spirit broods over the waters, over the people. He broods over the people. When the Father, or when Jesus is about to speak words like, let there be light. If we're gonna create something, let's turn on the lights. Boom! You are the light of the world. The Spirit is brooding over the waters. You become the light in a lampstand. The structure and understanding uh, the word of God has been founded in your heart. You are going out. As he is transforming your life, you don't have to wait till you're in your graduate of high school in the kingdom of God in order to minister with a grade one understanding of spiritual things. Because the spirit will come in and fill what you say because everything in the kingdom operates in faith. And now you're speaking ahead of your skis. You're speaking ahead of your understanding. The wisdom that comes out of you that is charged by the Spirit of God begins to quicken people's lives and transform them right away in the workplace, at home, while you're being restored, while you're being reformed, while the transformation is taking... How many of you are still being transformed? Anyone here? Good. The rest of you, 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 you need prayer. <laughs> Come down afterwards. We'll be glad to pray for you. He says, and it gives light to all who are in the house. I thank the Lord. You know, in our midst, Ashley, uh, you know, I want to talk about her too much. She's my daughter. Uh, it's, I'm proud of her anyway, but the Lord really selected her in the late summer, early fall last year. She, she got something that others were not getting. I mean, I'm sure others were getting. I'm talking about in our midst, in our circle. It was, it was very unusual, very different. Because I knew her so well, I knew this was the difference. How the Lord moved into her life, and you've heard her story probably many times because we've been sharing a little bit here and there, but it started something in her that went to the whole house. Yeah. In fact, through a prophetic dream parable, I know this sounds weird if you're visiting today, through a prophetic dream parable that, that came on December 3rd about uh, Obed-Edom and the ark of the Lord being taken into his garage for three months. While the ark was in his house, David trying to figure out what to do because Uzzah had reached out to steady the ark and it struck him dead and it confused David and he put the, put the ark in the nearby house there, Obed-Edom, who was a, a, a gatekeeper uh, in, in the house of the Lord. And so he put it in there and for three months, his house was blessed exceptionally. Until one day David woke up and thought, oh, we need to go down there and try this again. We need to get it into Jerusalem. The whole city needs to have access to this beautiful uh, presence, the prosperity, the favor, the grace, the love, the mercy, the healing of everything that's attached to the Ark of the Covenant. The Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they are, I was just watching uh, uh, Michael Koulianis this week uh, from down at Jesus Image, and I, I love the guy dearly. He's come here many times, and he's a great preacher of the gospel, and he was talking about the Ark of the Covenant had two poles. They carried it on two poles. It's interesting. They had poles that went into the promised land or came out of the promised land with grapes. We had poles on the Ark in order to carry it. He said there's two poles also in the cross, that that Ark is the carrier of the cross, the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the freeing power, the Spirit of God that's coming out, not just to you, not just to me, but he's communally bonding us together in this move of the Spirit across this nation right now. And he's going to ask you, as you're being reformed, to become a person of reformation everywhere you go. 
giving light to all the house. Let your light so shine before men. This is scripture, this is Jesus. That they may see. Not your good knowledge, not your, your personal giftings or agendas or whatever. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. They see a change. Acts 17 verse 6 says this. These are my two verses. Maybe someday I'll preach the rest of it. Acts 17, 6 says this. This is later on. This is after Jesus died, resurrected, the Holy Spirit came. Acts 17. It says that when they did not find them, they dragged Jason. Jason made it to Scripture. They grabbed Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Now, here's my thing. I heard this preached probably when I was 17, 18 years old. I remember my pastor used to say this. He'd preach this probably once a year. And I could almost finish his sentence, you know. He said, they didn't turn the world upside down. The world was already upside down. They turned it right side up. It looked upside down to the rest of the world, but it was really right side up. So we were commissioning and releasing glory, presence-filled, word-filled people out into a world that need to see something, hear something, sense something, feel something, and know something that affects their personal life. I'm just gonna preach right over here right now. This is a good crowd of these. I'll close with this. Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61 speaks of the, Jesus quoted Isaiah 61 in Luke 2 when he was, uh, his first shot at synagogue leadership. And he got up there and he opened the scrolls and he goes to the, what would be the weekly reading for that corporate group. Oddly enough, it was a passage that perfectly described him. <laughs> and so he gets up there and he, he says, and the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. He's reading this out of Isaiah 61. To preach the gospel good news. He starts going through it, you know, open blind eyes, heal the brokenhearted. Uh, and, 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 and it kind of transitions a little further into uh, turning beauty, ashes into beauty, beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, a garment of praise for spirit. I mean, he's, he's handing out these out of Isaiah, hundreds of years before that, Jesus is pulling this into that day. He didn't read all of that. He, wrote, he read the first part. And then stopped and said, it's fulfilled in your ears today. Because that's what Jesus did. The Holy Spirit came and finished Isaiah 61 through you. What Jesus did, now you can step into. You step into a point where you're going up to Heinen's and you're giving beauty for ashes. Joy for mourning. A garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. A lot of heaviness out there right now. But God's put it in your heart. You go, I'm not ready. I don't know all that scripture. Get in the scripture. But I tell you, the first day you're in scripture, share it with somebody. Because when you sit down, this happens with me every day. Je Ashley and I were talking. Ashley said something that was profound the other day. She said, she said it's really weird. It's like uh, I sit down and do my daily reading that's on my day, and it reflects exactly what I'm going through that day. Yeah. It's just the way the scripture is, you know. I said, I've got something better yet. I can look ahead and tell what my future is by reading ahead of my daily devotional. <laughs> There's some dark days ahead. But guess what? I come out strong in the midst of it. 
There's some really good days ahead and I come out rejoicing. So Isaiah 61 says that this drop of the Holy Spirit, this anointing that's upon us, this which you feel, which you sense, which transforms you, the Holy Spirit himself on Sunday mornings and throughout the week, that is gonna be something, it's gonna be like a light that goes out into the world and it will touch this nation in a powerful way to the point where now you're no longer uh, you know, just walking in the steps of early Isaiah 61, but the Bible says you become the planting of the Lord. I love that in Isaiah. The planting of the Lord. You rebuild cities and you change society. Let's all stand together if we could. Thanks, Joseph. Yeah, that was a golf clap, that was nice. I'll tell you what, let's give praise to the Lord for his word. Let's thank you. Yeah, all right, good. All right. I'm gonna need to hurry to go up to Middleburg pretty quick this Sunday only because we have a new pastor up there that uh, was ministering in Heinen's this week. And, uh, and we're kind of we're congratulating and thanking Ryan and MJ. They're staying and they're, they're, he's gonna be overseeing young adults, but, but he's no longer the campus pastor up there. Cindy is. And uh, so we've got a cake up there and we're gonna bless them and pray over them. So I wanna make sure I get up there for that. But this is a moment right now and, and, and I know we're at the end of our time here, but this is just, let's just close our eyes for the Lord. Ask the Lord for a personal transformation. Even if you've been a believer for 30 years, one of the worst things that can happen is you can come to a place where you feel you are full with everything that you really ever need to do or be in Christ. And there's nothing else really that I can learn, that I can experience. That I, I tell you, when you come to that, you're missing something. I, I get that you get filled up by certain services, but we leak. <laughs> and I love what Jesus says. Blessed are the hungry, they shall be filled. Filled again and again. Our satisfaction, our filling is fully in Him. And so right now, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, but you just say, you know what? I need more transformation. And my hand's the first to go up. <laughs> I had some attitudes this week I really had to deal with. So I'm the first one. Lord, we need transformation. Just raise your hand around the room if that's you. Say, I need transformation from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come right now. These are lights. These are candles right here going out into a world. They're going into places that I may never go. I don't know those people. I'm not allowed in that building. I'm not employed by them. I'm not, I'm not in that neighborhood. But Lord, they are. I pray, Lord, that this congregation will be set on fire, Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit. I love that song we sang. I, I, I can never remember all the words of these songs, but... The one about being the oil, you know, be the oil. So powerful, the sacrifice. Laid down lover all my life. I love that. I love that. I commission you right now in the name of Jesus Christ and as you leave this building. And by the way, if you do not know, you want to know more about Bethel, we've got a deal going out here, the steps that's, that we do once a month. You can catch that today. Is there something to eat or they didn't know? Yeah, we have food actually. So, um, if you've never been through steps, 
Just say, you know, I'm gonna do it. It's like 90 minutes of just getting to understand where we're going, who we are. Go ahead and do that. Michael says it's okay, he'll figure it out. But right now, I just bless you in the name of Jesus. That the fire of God would come upon you. Ashley, come up and finish this. Bring the microphone up over there. Yeah. Just pray, just pray over them and then dismiss them. You know how to do that, right? I just, during worship, I had a picture of the Holy Spirit, you know, before I knew what my dad was going to share. I had a picture of the Holy Spirit kind of coming in here like, like a mist. And he was looking for people that wanted to be laid down lovers. <clears throat> and sometimes we have to pour out all that we are to receive all that he is. And so he's coming to stir up a hunger for his presence. So I think, I'm, I'm sorry, this is going to be a little unconventional, but if you desire for more of the Lord and hunger, and you can come down to the front so we can pray for each other, just if you want more of the Lord, there's something about proximity to the altar <clears throat> and stepping out that we want more, Lord. This is our activation of faith. Lord, we lay down all that we are for all of you. Lord, that your, your presence is moving here. Come and find us. What we have is nothing without you. And Lord, I just pray that what I've been experiencing with this hunger that has been unquenchable, Lord, that it would pour out in this place. That the Ark of the Covenant that left Obed-Edom's house to go to the city of David, Lord, this is the moment where it comes to Bethel, Cleveland. That what's been in our home can now flood out here. Lord, the hunger for you, Jesus. Let's just wait in this moment. Sometimes waiting can feel awkward. But if you just press in, beauty waits on the other side of awkward. <laughs> Thank you so much for your presence. And Lord, I ask that as we move into this week, that we would sense and know your presence every moment of the day. That you would invade our dreams at night when we sleep. That we would begin experiencing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Love, 
joy, peace, patience. I know it sounds really obvious, but it's transformative. That when he comes, those are the things he brings into our life. We just ask you to come into our week, Lord. We don't just have to be at church on a Sunday to experience your presence. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. You can help us reach others by investing today at BethelCleveland.com slash give.